Hi everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Agro Podcast with me, Jack Nolan. In this episode, we'll start as we always do with our socialist song request. This week's socialist song request comes from Leah Pepper of People Before Profit. Shout out to Leah for the song request. It's one of the more unorthodox song requests that I've gotten, and that's I suppose why I picked it this week. Because I enjoy the, you know, the more unorthodox and kind of quirky song requests that do tie in with the theme of the podcast. So it's nice to get a, you know, a different one every now and then. That's not necessarily, you know, Billy Bragg or Dick Gohan or Christy Moore or, you know, your typical socialist uh, troubadour. So this week's socialist song request comes to us from Dolly Parton and it's the uh, the indelible 9 to 5. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving They just use your mind by Dolly Parton. Shout out again to Leah Pepper for the request. And to get into this week's topic, this week's topic uh, was suggested to me by a number of people, uh, but I believe Georgia Walsh was the first person to actually bring it to my attention. Shout out to Georgia also of, of PVP for um, for bringing that to my attention uh, and kind of giving me the idea to, to use it for this week's podcast. This week's topic concerns freedom of speech and namely freedom of speech in the context of 
Irish youth politics and young Irish activism. And I think it's a very pertinent topic considering some of the discourse and some of the activities and events that have unfurled as a result of, I suppose, warped or, you know, permutated interpretations of the term freedom of speech and what constitutes that, what constitutes hate speech, where the line, you know, falls, you know, if there is one, you know, where does the paradox of tolerance come in? And all the other factors that are kind of blended into this really kind of intangible concept that we have to look at when we look at um, when people bring it up in, in, in discourse and in often in cases where they need it as a defense or as a crutch. And I think it's a very interesting thing to, to analyze. And that's why I think it's important that we discuss it this week uh, on Agro. And I think as well, the idea of it is quite uh, unquantifiable in I suppose definite parameters and definite terms so I think it's interesting to see the way in which freedom of speech and the kind of egalitarian concepts that surround it can often be used by those who may not necessarily extol the virtues of of, of the concepts that they kind of use as, as masquerades or defenses for you know, something that is potentially very um, contrary to civil discourse, civil engagement and a real critical uh, effort to be productive and inclusive in, in, you know, promoting a certain idea or promoting a certain uh, string of thought. So that's kind of the base assumption and th- those are the base assumptions that we'll be working off uh, within this within this discussion but I think a very important thing as well is to define uh, freedom of speech so I think it's very hard to just take a dictionary definition or a definition that you might find online or you know via a political philosopher a political scientist or a political theorist who would examine these concepts with a more critical and empirical uh, approach so i think the best way for me to summate free speech and define it as i see it i see free speech in its most unadulterated and impure form to be opinions or ideas that are expressed without fear of censorship or recourse for expressing said ideas but as well as that, we have to look at freedom of speech and free speech. And we need to kind of discern the two because I often think both of them are used interchangeably. And realistically, there's a consensus that they mean the exact same thing. Now, to me, that's quite unusual because free speech to me is, you know, there's para- there's a parallel circuit that encloses uh, the idea of free speech free speech for me is is circumscribed by the idea that what you're saying is not only free in the sense that you're not being stopped by anyone from saying it but as well as that that what you're saying does not i suppose confine or censor anyone else or make anyone else feel as if they're inferior or as if they're being uh you know ring fenced or silenced by your 
expressed opinion of a particular idea or your expressed belief of a you know on a particular um issue and i think that's something that we need to bear in mind the free speech is realistically a two-way street that yes you should you know free speech should be free in the sense that you should not be censored but that should come with the precondition that what you're saying does not impinge upon anyone else's basic social or civil freedoms and i think that's something that's often left out and kind of neglected in the arguments about free speech and freedom of speech for me freedom of speech is only a one-way street all it does is entitle you to say what you want and it it, it really kind of you know does so without recourse or without consequence and for me that's the key determinant in differentiating the two of them that one has this added dynamic of your speech being you know free of any malice or malcontent that seeks to discriminate or ostracize or alienate someone and impinge upon their freedoms and i think that's something that has to be borne in mind by a particular cohort of people when it comes to the use of free speech or freedom of speech as a tool of you know defense and as a means of putting up a facade around a particularly harmful or hateful uh, idea i suppose that kind of leads me on in turn to why we're discussing this recently in the last year two years across many different facets of 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 the lives of young people in this country particularly young political activists we have seen the rise of the use of the terms free speech freedom of speech hate speech and all these concepts are thrown around in in political discourse and a particular place that we see it is on college campuses in places of education and in social circles in you know youth political parties and in other areas where you have different dynamics of kind of divergent opinions uh, held by young people but i think we need to examine uh, you know the fact that it is multifaceted is without a doubt something that we have to bear in mind but we can't just look at it in a multifaceted way and say well you know say for instance on a political spectrum the left and the right in this situation or you know within this issue they're the same because that's simply not true and i, I suppose i touched on that uh, you know in regards to last week's episodes with with, with anti-lockdowners and anti-maskers so the kind of broader argument about free speech i suppose it boils down to a couple of different things one of those things is establishing whether free speech applies to what you're talking about or whether hate speech applies because for me hate speech is the obverse of a free speech it's the opposite of free speech hate speech is constituted by a freedom of speech that has hateful or malevolent connotations and that's what we have to look at. we have to look at the the you know which what constitutes which we can't just put you know certain opinions down as free speech you know protected by free speech when they have no right to be and they impinge upon somebody else's freedom of speech so i suppose one example that i would give is 
someone expressing their opinion and being afforded freedom of speech to be discriminatory or bigoted in some way, shape or form. So an example that I would give is, you know, racism, racist statements or racist language, or racist um, racially charged um, opinions or stances. They're not covered by free speech because they do not constitute grounds for, you know, somebody to just use that issue to be malevolent or to be malicious or to cause hurt or offence. It simply is out of bounds to justify with freedom of speech. Any racist language, any racial, uh, you know, language that is racially uh, charged and is targeted at a particular demographic or a particular uh, you know ethnicity or, or racial group that's hate speech that's that's not free speech that's hate speech and you know it constitutes behavior and attitudes that are hateful biased and prejudiced therefore you're impinging upon the freedom of someone else because they're being undermined as a result of their race a characteristic that is not subject to your um you know your particular opinion that is bigoted or you know racially charged it simply isn't a matter of opinion for you to be able to use freedom of speech as a justification for or a mechanism to you know platform that that type of ill and virulent behavior it's, it simply isn't the case another particular one is sexism or misogyny you know you don't have a platform to discriminate against women or discriminate against a particular gender you don't have that freedom under freedom of speech because again what are you doing you're undermining somebody and you're impinging upon their freedom to be you know to live as themselves without persecution or without you know any form of uh, discrimination or bigotry and by extension you're constituting a very grave threat to their freedom again you know you could, i could go on with numerous examples but one i do want to highlight as well as racism and misogyny homophobia biphobia transphobia being phobic of the LGBTQ community. That simply isn't covered by any justification. As you know, as is the same with race or discrimination based on gender. It simply isn't justifiable because it's an attack on someone's, you know, innate character. It's it's simply not a matter for free speech to propagate hateful um language and opinions towards someone who has the same right to be to self-express and you know be themselves as you do it's, it simply isn't a matter of your freedom of speech allowing you to promote this hateful stance or this hateful opinion and then defend it as being free speech because it simply isn't free it's discriminatory and it's prejudicial and i think Within that, we have to look at some of the justifications that are used for having these inherently ill and, you know, for the want of a better word, vile tendencies and behaviours. 
and why people use freedom of speech and what other justifications they use around that to try and make a case of themselves as being entitled to having freedom of speech and free speech covering their incredibly ill and vile actions. A hypothetical situation I would give is if someone is to be homophobic or biphobic or transphobic and they lobby it against, say if you're if it's your fellow students or you know you know a particular cohort of students within the student body on, on campus and you use something like your inbuilt biases from the environment you were raised in uh, brought about by religion or you know social norms or your you know your interpretation of quote-unquote whether it's you know biological or not those idiotic and inane lies and mistruths that people put out there trying to justify ill-informed ill-tempered and disgusting opinions so one particular one i would like to look at is religion the fact that people can use something like religion a moral guide and a guide that promotes moral integrity and an adherence to ethics being blatantly used to promote unethical and immoral behavior it's so paradoxical it's actually you could laugh at it you really could if it wasn't so serious and ill and had real tangible consequences you could laugh at the concept of it that someone would use religion you know a moral compass to completely dissociate themselves from any form of moral integrity or guidance and to just be simply hateful and bigoted and that i suppose like that hypothetical situation of a student promoting those ideas against another cohort of, of students maybe on a, on a campus or whatnot and then using something like their social norms or you know their particular moral guide whether it be from religion or elsewhere it, it's simply disgusting and it, it doesn't it, it, you know it, it constitutes hate speech in its most evident format where somebody is trying to actively justify it with with, with the intention to completely decimate someone's you know the integrity of someone's identity of who they are as a person and to simply bully them into submitting to the fact that there are bigoted people in the world but they nobody has to accept or you know kowtow to that nobody has to kowtow to bigots because realistically bigots there's no excuse to just say well bad people exist in the world and they also deserve freedom of speech that's intolerant because it goes against the paradox of tolerance the paradox of tolerance is a mutual tolerance and being tolerant of ideas and beliefs that are mutually tolerant the idea is if you tolerate a view that is extremist and that promotes hateful or bigoted or discriminatory uh, ideals you are enabling intolerance and you are actually undermining the concept of a tolerant society or a tolerant you know grouping or you know within this kind of hypothetical situation and 
you know, realistically you're resulting in the erosion of tolerance by promoting intolerant views on the basis that we have to be tolerant to everyone. It simply isn't the case. Intolerance and bigotry are not justifiable by the idea that we have to be tolerant to everyone because simply we can't because that only breeds intolerance and it normalizes intolerance on a societal level and that's something i think that we need to critically analyze when we look at this you know this idea of well my entitlement to free speech or my entitlement to you know use my freedom of speech to exercise free speech it it simply doesn't work if your speech is not free and it's hateful you know it constitutes hate speech so you know that that right is automatically stripped away from you but then you're faced with the idea that it's someone's inalienable right to have you know free will and exercise that but it still comes down to the idea that you know true equity and true equality for the many is only accessible when we limit the influence of a hateful few and realistically that's how you achieve true equality for the many and this idea that well if we don't include everyone even people who are extremely hateful and angry and dangerous and incredibly bigoted and blighted with hatred then we're not providing you know equality for the many you know it doesn't work like that. It simply doesn't work like that. If you have no basic respect or basic morality when it comes to the treatment of every human being that you come across, you can't you can't expect to be treated with decency and equality if you do not uphold the basic idea of you know unconditional respect for a person that is indiscriminate. Indiscriminate treatment of people is what gains you respect. If you do not discriminate or discern against someone, you have no worry about, you know, your freedom of speech being impinged upon. Because guess what? You're enabling and facilitating free speech by being a decent person. It's as simple as that. If you are indecent to anyone, if you are indecent to any particular person based on a lack of decency and respect you're not afforded that you know equality for the many that's simply not how it works when it comes to providing you know a basis for equality and doing the groundwork for providing true equality and true respect for everyone that is indiscriminate and that does not preclude someone based on anything other than their tolerance for the building of mutual and shared respect I often think of the milkman of human kindness as being, you know, an epitome of that, that the song and the lyrics contained within it and this kind of mutual um, love and respect for everyone. That's what we need to foster. And that's where that's where we will see, you know, free speech truly flourish in its most pure and unadulterated form. If we can promote a mutual love and respect for everyone. And every facet of everyone's being that is good and that is, you know, not impinging upon anybody else. If someone's behaviour or someone's preferences or someone's 
you know, even someone's identity. And it's, it's even sad that I have to discuss someone's identity in the context of whether it's, you know, offending anyone or not. You, you can't be offended by someone's identity, but apparently some bigoted people find a way. If no, no facet of you is harming anybody else, but it makes you happy, it gives you a sense of fulfillment and you feel self-contented, you can't, you know, you, you can't be persecuted. And it's not right or just that you be persecuted for that. If it's giving you fulfillment, inner fulfillment, you cannot be persecuted for it if it's not affecting anybody else adversely. And that's the bottom line. Someone's behaviour is irrelevant to you if it doesn't impact upon you in a negative way. It's frankly none of your business, right? And, you know, you don't have the unabridged liberty to just strip someone's identity or preference to shreds you just don't i find it baffling that i even have to say that these things are obvious they should be obvious but to a select few they're not but to the many they are and that's what matters and i think that's realistically what it boils down to if the many can outweigh the few in terms of providing true equality and being indiscriminate that's all that matters if we can drown out people who are hateful and bigoted and discriminatory in regards to the way they treat the many, we can undoubtedly provide an environment and a society where people feel that their, you know, their entitlement to free speech is completely warranted, that it is, you know, undeniable, and that they feel that they're in a position where they can exercise it to the greatest extent that they they feel fit to do and that's that's what we need to ensure within uh, society that's that's the bottom line and that's what i think we should aspire to aim for when we seek to rid particular spaces or particular subsections of society from bigoted people who want to fearmonger who want to instill you know dread and terror by free speech so i'm gonna leave it there this episode might come up a slight bit shorter than usual but i think that makes the point of what i wanted to say and you know again shout out to georgia walsh for proposing the topic i hope i did it justice because i think it's a very important topic and it's very topical at the moment so i wanted to really engage with it and ensure that i was doing it justice and really giving people a flavour of what I think and what I, you know, what is imperative for us as activists to bear in mind as I see it. So, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. If you have any suggestions for topics, if you have any song requests, please do get in touch. Uh, as usual, I had some great engagement this week with uh, suggestions and song requests and I was very happy. To be able to choose and, you know, not have just one or two that I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe pick one and not the other. And that I had a, a broad, uh, you know, variety of choices out there. So that's that's greatly appreciated. August Koskopi, August is Faded On. By an episode Dark Yon. And Shocked in Chicago. By Shitri Van Nagailge. Tom Egtenuga Morlash Ishinienov. Tom Egira Overle Nask Dungailge. Nigashe Eve. 
nascaha colloid or the glaga. Akpravalum topic a yen of the sock nascaha the glaga. So mata smoinche agat. Now be a gogla or it's a cone a hordon. Idex, no a chalk drop tree Twitter. No kibberwood marshin. Tomigir ain over. Tanaska le Corsi Gneviocta Gneviocta Polichula No Mariola and Chonga No Kibberud Marshin Marshin Mardort me Mata ain't smoin chagot No be a kim north cone a cordum Mosmin So Corfume derelation glor erfad the shocktene Mila Boyakus the Dokoid Elme so, Togar, I was told to go to the Gage Doct and shocked in Dark Yon, an episode of Trivon de Belga.